Welcome to Female Footy Focus, presented to you by Deakin University. It's been a massive week in the EFNL women's competition, with the Eastern Devils having their first loss of the year against the inform Mount Evelyn side. Rulebach now on the board with the club's first ever victory. We'll hear from the senior coach, Dominic Sianko, a little later, while North, Croydon North Mlock give the Rams their first loss of the year. In a thriller out at East Burwood Reserve, we're going all, all, uh, we'll be going over all those results and more while looking ahead to next week's exciting fixture. I'm Ryan Long, taking over the host duties this week due to the absence of Josh Ward, who's away, I think, for the week up in Echuca. So he's enjoying himself up there while we're going over the results uh, for this weekend. And I'm joined today by Trent Callan, who was out there at East Burwood with me during the week and uh, back again tonight. How are you doing, Trent? Yeah, not too bad. We'll, we'll touch on that game later, but um, not happy to be here and looking forward to getting stuck into it. what was a, a pretty good round of fixturing. Yeah, it certainly was. And, and we will start right at Premier Division and probably, probably the biggest result we've had this season with um, a really unexpected one with the Eastern Devils losing their first match of the year, the first match in the Eastern Footy League that they've ever lost. Uh, going down to Mount Evelyn, 5-5-35. They beat the Devils 3-3-21 in what was a pretty exciting game where they got out of the blocks early with three goals in the first quarter, keeping the Devils scoreless. And then uh, the Devils were able to fight back a little bit and got the margin within a couple of goals. But in the end, Mount Evelyn too strong and getting a win um, and really making this uh, top four quite interesting uh, now that the Devils have lost one. Did you see this one coming at all, or was this, you know, a, a bit of a surprise trend? No, it was a it was a surprise. Probably the upset of that Premier Division um, competition, and like you mentioned there, the fact that um, Mount Evelyn jumped out of the blocks, and that's exactly what I had written down in my notes here. And and we know in in this women's women's football league, it's it's difficult from that position, like forever chasing. It's hard to come back, and yeah that handed the Devils their first loss of the year. Certainly. And and Beggs, again, played quite well for the Devils, kicking all three of their goals by Urquhart, continued her form to the start of the season with uh, two goals, Simons with one, and a couple other goal kickers. But it's it's a big result for them. They've won four of their, four of their last five now, and they're just one game behind Vermont on the ladder, who I believe still sits second. So it's a massive win for the club and, and, and puts them in good good contention with um, with the Devils up in the top. Um, for the Devils, though, we've, you know, we've seen a lot of times in, in senior footy, um, especially with the men's competitions, of sides going throughout the season without losing a game and then getting to a final series where they're the, the red-hot favourite and they lose one. Is there a case to say that it's always good to lose, you know, one or two before finals just so you know that you have that experience of, you know, the other side of the coin and can prepare in a final when it is close. Yeah, I think I think that's that's very important. And and we've seen like with the with the AFL, like Melbourne get to round ten, they fall. And then Roval as well, they had their little hiccup at round ten almost. And then round nine with the women's we see um the Eastern Devils give up a a game that on paper they probably should have won. So there's something in that I think that around that round ten mark. But no, certainly before finals, it's, I think, yeah, you see most sides, um, just a bit of a reality check. 
Yeah, definitely. And look, they, you know, hearing from Jason Cridlin earlier, a few weeks back, you know, he's talked about how they have been challenged in times in games, um, especially in those those two wins against Vermont. But they've just been able to, you know, not just win, but win big in those in those times that they've been challenged. And I think Mount Evelyn were the, the closest side to get to them before um, this Saturday, and they've done the job on it again. So we probably have underrated them a little bit now, but, you know, it, it does leave this top four wide open and you can really see any of them winning that winning this year. And one of those sides that can win is South Croydon, who had another big win this weekend, uh, 17-5, 107 defeated the Wolves, 1-2-8. So it's a big win there for South Croydon. And Taylor Black, again, six goals. And I think that's now 24 for the season. So she's in incredible form. And they, and they led the way right from the start and really uh, set the tone early and uh, a big win for, for the Doggies. Yeah, class just prevailed out there at Cheong Park, and it's we've seen um, in the past it's been a happy hunting ground for the dogs there. I mean, this this result it was expected, um, so no no shocks there. But um, no, in a league where percentage is important, this is a big booster for the South Croydon side. It, it certainly is, and as you, as you mentioned, they're one hundred and seventy three percent now, so they have. Uh, quite easily, easily the second best percentage behind the Eastern Devils, which puts them in you know good stead um, going into for, in going into the finals. And um, we will touch on this a bit later, but they have an important game this weekend um, against the Eastern Devils in um, the Indigenous round, which is a, a really important game for them, the club. Um, and South Gordon have done you know, a fantastic job with that. So we will touch on that a bit later, but we'll keep going along so the other premier side vermont they took on baronia in the uh crossover game where they defeated the uh hawks quite easily by 101 points 17 6 108 to baronia 117 in a really big win gartland had six chamberlain two shepherd two wilson two and phillips two as well so another big win there and vermont just like south Croydon, uh, are in good form yeah, and you mentioned a few of the goal kickers there. They had nine individual on the day, so that just speaks speaks to their depth and um, and the, the fact that they're not relying on on too few to to get the job done. And like you mentioned, Sarah Gartland there, she's a lively small forward, and she just added a bag of six to her tally for the year. So the Eagles just continue to fly. Yeah, they certainly do, and it's it's been an interesting one with the crossover games this season. We're sort of just waiting for one one of those Prem B sides to, to knock off a, a Premier side in in a bit of an upset, but it hasn't happened so far. But for the Hawks' perspective, because you know they sit they currently sit fourth in in the Premier Division Premier B uh, ladder, and their only wins at Fern, against Ferntree Gully at the moment. But can they can you like not just the Hawks, but the other sides who do face the Premier sides are these as are these good for more of a, a learning experience because you're playing some really high quality sides. I mean, Vermont, um, their women's program has been really successful and they've uh, developed that over, you know, quite a bit of time now and facing off against them, you know, although it's, a, it's quite a heavy margin, there's still plenty to learn from it. Yeah. I haven't quite wrapped my head around how that crossover sort of works between Premier A and B, but um, yeah, Baronia is certainly struggling on that, on that front. They sit winless to date and um I think last year they notched up one win, so they haven't been able to add to that. And 
their struggles just seem to worsen. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's an interesting one to to keep an eye on. Um, the other Premier B games, we've got one, we've got one big one, but we'll go through the other one. Don Bell defeated Ferntree Gully as we expected, six three forty nine, six thirteen forty nine. Apologies, defeated Ferntree Gully two four sixteen in a pretty comfortable fashion, but a big change from last time. They uh, they've closed the gap. The Gully last time, a hundred and forty point loss to Don Bell. So. A better performance is there a bit to take out of that for the gully? Yeah, there is, and it's it's good with these sort of like when you get towards the back end of the year and you start playing sides like you start doubling up. You get to see where their improvement sits on the scoreboard, and and like you mentioned there, they they close the gap um, sort of. But no, Don Donvale just proved too classy again with the likes of Melbourne Tunic um, continuing on her good year. Good year. She kicked half their score. So, um, yeah, but they'll certainly rule a couple of missed chances there with the 13 behinds. Yeah, certainly. And I think that's probably their their big uh, focal point is that their, their forward line is really strong. And for the Fentry Gully, they're still, you know, looking at the best. You still see some of the, the names that we've seen all season in, in Georgie Pruden and uh, McCormack's always been a really strong player for them when she plays in the ruck or can also add to the scoreboard, Ash Hilda. So some of familiar names there, and it's probably just going to be coming into next season if they can get a few more of those, those second-tier players to to up there um, to improve a bit more and some of the younger players to to get more experience, they'll be better off for it. But as we said, Don Val now the equal best side in the division. So they're now equal on the same amount of wins as Whitehorse and the Basin. And that's due to the Whitehorse um, for the second time this season, defeating the Basin 5-6-36 to the Bears 4-3-27 in what was a pretty interesting game. But it's a, it's the second time they've done it this year, Trent, which is a bit of a surprise because I think, you know, certainly myself, I thought the Basin were probably the side to beat in Premier B. Yeah, so they've got the bragging rights over the basin there. Um, I didn't know that they've beat them twice, but um, no, it certainly helped with with Julia Baker up forward. She just she's putting together some sort of season up forward there. She was the uh, lonesome goal kicker with four to her name for the basin, but um, couldn't get the job done there. Yeah, yeah, it's a, she's been. Phenomenal, and I, I think I, when I did the mid-season re- reviews, I think I had Zoe Olsen, who's also been, you know, also was in the best again uh, on the weekend. But it's hard to go against Baker, who's just been uh, an absolute warrior for them, especially over the last couple of years. And you know, to have her there probably helps out some of the younger girls that come into the side. But for for Whitehorse, Whitehorse, it's it's uh, it's a it's a big win because. They now, you know, the only side they haven't been in Premier B is Donvale. So if they can pinch a game against them and looking at their run home, they've got, I'm not sure how this fixture works, but they've got Ferntree Gully listed here for the next two weeks. So they play them at home and then go off to Wally 2 to play them the week after. So on paper, and, and obviously the Gully have improved a, a quite a bit over the last few weeks, but on paper, there's probably two wins there. And then they've got the Bears... Um, I think the week after and followed by um, Donval and Baronia. So quite easily they could win. You probably almost pencil him in for four of those five wins and, and suddenly there could be the the top of, top of the ladder side. 
Yeah, well, it, in, it's set up as a sort of a three-horse race in that Premier B uh, competition there with the Basin, Donvale and, and the Pioneers. They'll certainly all do battle it uh, or deep into September when that comes around. So it'll just be a matter of, of where they where they sit and home ground advantage will, will, will play a part. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as we said, those are the top three on percentage. I think the Bears are on top, followed by Donvale and Whitehorse. Um, Baronia in fourth, Fentry Gully in fifth, which is uh, probably going to be quite an interesting battle. Even Baronia have, have shown they can beat the top three sides. They beat the Basin in round one and have pushed, uh, pushed I think, Whitehorse all the, all the way. I think they only lost by three points. So very tight division there. Looking forward to seeing how that plays out. But we'll keep moving on and have a look at Division 1, where another side who is just in incredible form and haven't dropped a game yet, one of the only sides in the women's comp to to still be undefeated, is Roville. They defeated Ringwood quite easily in the end, 17-10-112 to the Redbacks, 4-3-27. It's a big one for the Hawks. Danielle Brotto again with four. We watched her out there. Um, down at Seabeck uh, quite a few weeks ago, and she was you know pretty a pretty strong player for them. Uh, Wise with three, Bukaroon with two, Bell two, Seedman two, Jeffers two. As for Ringwood, some of the usual suspects: Fairbell on kick two, and Zoe Can't was again in the best for the Redbacks. But it's a it's a strong statement again. And how how great are this club going right now? And can you see anyone beating them at the moment? Yeah, certainly both men's and women's are, are both trending in the right direction, and um, yeah, they'll play they'll play finals footy come September. But they just stamp their class again on Saturday, and to have to have seventeen kicked and and eight in, eight goals in the last quarter um, just shows that their their ruthless mentality. I, I guess it's it speaks to most sides you see um, late in games probably ease off, and they just kept the foot on the throat. So. Um, gave the Redbacks a hiding. So, yeah, and the eight shared goal kickers. Um, again, we speak about the, the importance of depth in these women's sides, and Roeville are no different. Yeah, definitely, and it's a it's an interesting one seeing who could beat them. We we watched them out there against Park Orchards, and we saw sort of glimpse of what Park Orchards can do when they do move the ball. But they probably had a few more injuries that day, so probably don't have the the best idea on how they go they'll go yet, but. They will play again soon, um, which will be an important matchup, especially um, down at Park Orchards this time. But another game this weekend, um, Beaconsfield, they continue their good form. They get another win and close in on that top four, 8-12-60, defeating Blackburn 3-6-24, which you have to say is probably Blackburn's best game so far this season, the most they've kicked in a game Um and they've really improved over the last couple of weeks after not being able to find the scoreboard at all. But to kick three goals all in that last quarter show, um, a, a bit of improvement. And you would have to think they'd be pretty pleased with their effort. Yeah, that's certainly that the three goal last quarter will be something um, that they can walk away with and, and build on um, coming into next week. But as the scoreboard suggests, inaccuracy was a problem for both sides and, um, I mean, Blackburn, like they managed the three goals, but they still sit sit winless in the comp and um, Beaconsfield just sitting there on the fringe of the four. So they can take that confidence into 
in the next week's game against um, the ladder, lead, ladder leaders, sorry, in, in Roeville. But we'll we'll tackle that fixture side of things later, I guess. Yeah, it's tough time anytime you've got Roeville next on your on your fixture. And I think I was actually wrongly. I think they might be fourth now. Um, that side that's just fallen out of that top four is Churnside Park, who uh, pretty competitive loss, but in the end, North Ring were too good for the the Panthers. Six fourteen fifty winning that game by five goals. Churnside Park three two twenty, and that game again that start. They were 16 to, to zero in that first quarter, got the game in uh, North Ringwood's terms and a bit of a fight pack in the second quarter from Churnside Park. But after half time, North Ringwood running away with that quite comfortably. It's a pretty important, get, uh, important win for North Ringwood, who now cement their spot uh, in third position behind Roeville and Park Orchards. Yeah, they're, they're nestled into third spot. So, um, yeah, they'll be prominent come, come the end of the year. But I had this penciled in as a bit of a danger game for North Ringwood, but um, they did it comfortably in the end and they'd rue those missed chances, um, which was evident in, in their round eight clash as well. They had um, plenty of blemishes there on that front. So a bit of a common theme for North Ringwood that they'll look to improve on um, come Tuesday and Thursday training. Yeah, certainly. And as we have we said quite a bit this season, Ella Rhodes has had a, a really incredible year. She's in the best again alongside Hall, Mazzagardi, Ridley, McGurney and Taylor. So some important names there for the uh, for the Saints. And probably their big thing now is just seeing if they can close that gap on um, both Roeville and Park Orchards. They probably need to maybe pinch a win before um, the end of the season against one of those two, just to give them a bit of confidence um, in how they go against them in, in a finals because you'd have to say it'd be pretty hard to see North Ringwood miss out on a final spot here, just going over that ladder for Division 1. So it's Roval quite clear, clear on top with eight wins, um, a percentage of 563. That's just uh, quite ridiculous, to be honest, isn't it? <laughs> uh, sitting behind them is Park Orchard 6-1. and one. They're only lost coming against Roval. Um, behind them, North Ringwood 5-3. and three. Beaconsfield sitting in fourth three uh, with the three wins and the one draw. And then Churnside Park, probably the, I think the only side that can probably uh, pinch a spot in the top four now from the bottom three. They're a game and a half, or just a game behind, sorry, a game behind Beaconsfield. They were the ones that had a draw with them earlier this season in Ringwood with the two wins and Blackburn yet to win. Is the top four, would you, looking at that, would you, would you lock it in or do you think that, you know, that that fourth spot is pretty wide open between uh, Beaconsfield and the Panthers? Yeah, uh, it looks pretty much set in stone. I mean, yeah, you've got Churnside Park and, and Ringwood there closing in, but I can't see them um, jumping in, up and, and claiming that fourth spot now. Yep. And yeah, I, I, it'll be an interesting one, but they do have a bit of work to do. So we'll keep on moving and, on to Division 2, unfortunately, we don't have a score for the Heathmont-Knox game. We do know that Knox won quite comfortably. Is that right? You're you're our man from Heathmont. Yeah, I think Knox, Knox by 50-plus is the word from, from down there, I think. Yeah, so a pretty comfortable win and quite probably expected in the end with the way Knox are going. Um, we have to say last week, just to touch on Heathmont, they, I think they only had the 16 players the week before in a really big win. So... Credit to them, they're going quite well. And 
you wouldn't take too much out of an, a loss against Knox because they're flying and especially with girls like Nikki Winton in the mid, midfield, they're pretty hard to spot, but stop. So we'll leave that one for now with no, with no goal kickers and no score there and turn our attention to a big Surrey Park win against Montrose. They ended up winning quite comfortably by 71 points, 11, 14, 80 over the Demons, 1, 3, 9. In a really, probably probably a real important game there for Surrey Park. Um, they're just a game and a half behind second now and two games ahead of four. So really puts them into a good spot after a bit of a shaky uh, patch of football, losing three in a row. Yeah, it was. And I was hoping Blakey was on today with Montrose, but um, no, they they couldn't add to their heroics from a fortnight ago. But the Panthers just proved proved too strong with the likes of Gemma Wright and Lily Toomey, along with Kalani Cairns, they combined for 10. And that was enough to get the, the job done on the road. Yeah, it was. And you're right. Uh, I think Blakey and... Um... Josh Ward, we're probably having a. Uh, they had a few words, I think, on Saturday about um, talking about that game. The two pretty, uh, pretty strongly in their in their groups there. Um, but do you, you saw, I think you saw Montrose earlier this year. I think against Heathmont. Is yeah, there? A, are they? I, I know the scores probably haven't really um, done them justice, but are they? Are they playing better footy than probably what you know? what it looks like just by reading the the scorecards? Yeah, well, it probably didn't help. I, the day that I did um, commentate, it was probably a bit wet and um, probably the skills went, went up to uh, up to a level that you'd probably expect in the dry. But um, so it, it was hard to sort of get a gauge on them. But, I mean, they played in that, in that draw. I, I can't remember who they versed, but... Um, they could have snatched another four points there. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I could have been East Ringwood. That East Ringwood, yeah. So that could could put them in more of a contention. But um, yeah, no. And that's a um, bit of a lead on to the next game, East Ringwood. They pretty much uh, pretty much cementing themselves as probably the the main contender to Knox at the moment. They're another big win, 11-11-77. Oh, sorry, 11-11-77, defeating Killsides, 1-2-8. Pretty comfortably in the end. And a last, call, a last quarter, a massive performance. They get five goals um, keep while keeping Killsides uh, to, to no score at all. So just showing that sort of the the power they have up forward and, and some real dominance. And uh, they really have probably set themselves now as the the number the number one team to to beat Knox. Yeah, they have, and and their med side men's side's also flying in in Div two, I believe, so, or Div one rather. Yep. So yep. um, yeah, they've got a lot of things to to be happy happy about down there at East Ringwood. But no, it, it was funny. I was writing I was writing it down in notes today, and and it translate it auto corrected to to Easy Ringwood. <laughs> And that's exactly what it was against yeah. against the Krugers. So they they dismantled them. That the two regular vote getters in Tegan Hudson and Kay Wotherspoon helped to to separate the two sides, and and they were clearly um, the, or the major ball winners for for East Ringwood there. Well, you, you're spot on that. Their last four wins have been by 
pretty big margins. I don't think they've been the, the closest. There was a, a thirty-one point win against Surrey Park, but still quite comfortably. And they were the game of the round last week against Montrose, where Davison really turned it on, and uh, they were just completely dominant against Montrose after I think having the draw against them early in the season. So they've really set themselves up quite well, and it uh, makes for an, an interesting um, final series coming ahead. They're now in second place with six, six, two, and one. Remembering they had that draw and Knox still two games clear on top. Surrey Park in third with a 5-4 record, while Kearsarth now have dropped to 3-6. Heathmont 2-6 in fifth. Montrose won uh, just the one win and the one draw. But it's really put a lot of pressure on Kearsarth because we saw him out there um, in that game against Knox. And although they didn't kick a goal in that game, for probably two of those four quarters, they were really competitive. They had plenty of uh, forward 50 entries. Um, they've got a really uh, strong, got a pretty strong midfield. They just weren't able to put the score on the board. Are they in a bit of trouble here? Or do you, do you still think with a, a game clear of Heathmont, they don't have the the percentage anymore, just 38%. So if Heathmont can pinch one while Kilsyth lose one, they'll drop out of the top four. Are they... Are they in a bit of danger? Do you still back them to probably hold on that spot over the Jets? As a Heathmont man, I'd, I'd probably say I'd, I'd love to, for them to fall. But, um, I mean, yeah, Heathmont or the Jets have every chance to to grab that fourth spot. I mean, Kilsyth, they're certainly vulnerable in that with the with the low percentage. And I'm just looking at their their scores against and they they find it hard to hard to defend behind the ball. So... That could be a bit of a, um, what's the word? I think I know. It. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm I'm never good with this. I always say um, you can never think of words on the top of the head, but I know what just, you mean. Just a I mean, yeah, but um, I, I think they're still you know Kilsyth. They've got some real talented players. Felicity Nelligan, we watched her in the ruck. Um, really important there. They they've got the the Hawker sisters. Um. They showed a, a quite a bit. Dale can hit the scoreboard. So probably still enough talent there to to finish in the top four. Just going to be having to get back on track, which will be quite important. But we'll move on to Division 3, and we'll start with a game that we were at down at East Burwood Reserve, a really big result here. The top-of-the-table clash, Croydon North Emlock, ended up defeating East Burwood, giving the Rams their first loss of the season. 7-9-51 to the Rams, 7-4-46. And what was a, a pretty pretty good game in the end. That first half, probably both sides had momentum at certain stages, but East Burwood were the ones who were able to hit the scoreboard and and really make Croydon North pay for, for not taking their opportunities. And I think we, we spoke about it at halftime. We thought, you know, they, they're, they're a slight chance to get back into it, but it looks like the Rams are probably just too strong again. But... That third quarter, they kicked five unanswered goals and really set up a a bit of a lead into the last quarter. And the Rams fought hard to to get within a goal, but you know they they were able to uh, hold on there by five points. What was your probably main assessment or main takeaway from what was a, a really good game of footy? Yeah, well, the match of the round it had everything, didn't it? I mean, it was a game of momentum swings, like back and forward play. Um, a high scoring affair, like even the scoreboard couldn't couldn't keep up at times there. But um, Croydon had the ability to to run out narrow winners there, and deservedly so. I think the turning point in the game 
was throwing Natalie Laurie in the middle. She 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 was intercepting well down back, but had more of a more of an impact on ball. And along with uh, Brittany Gretsch, who who starred for the Kangaroos, they both had a stranglehold on the game. And um, along with Zapier and, and Jeeves, um, they both proved proved pivotal pivotal in the outcome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned Laurie because she uh, you could put almost put her anywhere you want in that um, side. Down back, I reckon she took probably close to 15 inset marks. She was just every time that that ball went inside 50, she was able to take uncontested marks, contested marks, including the the big uh, game saver as you I think declared a, a Leo Barry style mark. And then when she entered the midfield, she gave him plenty of uh, plenty of run alongside Gretsch, as you said. And then Zapier, who played in the ruck for for majority of the game and can push forward, kick three, um, G's with the one as well. So they're Really, uh, quite an offensive side, and and once they get going, they're they're hard to stop. And Face Burwood Gills had three, and she was quite important. Um, Rowlands with two, O'Brien and Booth with one, and and really liked Ruby Rock's game. Um, I thought she was uh, uh quite impressive there for for the Rams, but it sets up it sets itself up for a, a really good final series because you're almost sure that these two, if it's not a grand final, they're going to play against each other you would think eventually. So really looking forward to seeing how that goes. Croydon North have just improved um, drastically as the season have gone by and the Rams are still a, quite a quality side. So very, very much looking forward to that, but we'll keep going through these games. Moorbark, their first win of the season, which is a really impressive considering it's their first year um, in the league, their first time with a women's uh, team. And they've really come from, you know, they look to be really struggling in those first few weeks, but this is a big turnaround. I think they lost by 56 points to Fair Park early in the year. So this is a big turnaround, and I don't think Fair Park have really lost too many players since then. I think it's just shown how um, even this division has become, but how important is that for the Mustangs to just be able to get a bit of reward for their effort? Yeah, that's huge, and and they deserved, they deserved one win against their name at least. Um you know, like you mentioned, they had their, their pants pulled down in, in round two last time these two sides met, but um, it showed with with personnel um, gained back. And on this occasion, um, the, their improvement was was evident and it was a completely different story this, the second time round. Yeah, it certainly was. And Forrest named their best player, Vogt, Dovla, Barlow, Nunn and DeForest also in their best. So... Really good signs for them, and and we will uh, hear from the senior coach um, quite shortly, which is uh, really good to hear that um, they have improved so much, and they have been a lot of focus on their defensive skills, um, their core skills of the game, and it's it's a big result for them, and and for Fair Park, they're they're in a bit of a a bit of a form slump. They haven't quite been able to hit those. Um, same highs that they did at the start of the season when they did play against a Mulebark and uh, compete against a, a, a couple of other sides a, a lot better. But um, it does say that uh, it's quite an even competition lower down. Obviously, the two ahead in East Burwood and Croydon North seem to be the sides to beat, but everyone else seemed to be able to, to, to at least match it against other sides. And we'll keep moving on to the Nutterwadding Coldstream game. It's Coldstream running out quite easily as uh, quite easily as Victor's 5-6-36. Uh, 
in a game they probably really needed to win against another Wadding who managed just the three behinds. Um, it's a big game for Colt. It's a big game for Colts Reigns. It's a big win because they were in a, uh, a bit of trouble after a really strong start of the season, but they dropped a couple. And I think even, I think a lot of people expect them to maybe even lose this one. Yeah. Well, they, well, they bounced back, back on Saturday and, it was a riveting first three quarters of football, Ryan. Both sides um, weren't able to trouble the scorers, but in the last quarter, the, the floodgates opened and Coldstream, like you said, they piled on five unanswered goals and and that was your ball game. And I think Melania Naikori, she she led uh, led Coldstream to victory she, with her best appeal performance yet again. Yeah, she's been really good all year and um, it's, a, it's an impressive win because it, Looking at the ladder now, it, it puts them back into third position above Mitchum, who had the bye this week, so they weren't playing. But it does make it probably probably just locks them into to finals just about now because they do have a, a bit of a, a lead and a percentage gap ahead of Nutter Wadding, who sit fifth um, with just 40% while they've got 104. As we said, Corridor North now, the ladder leaders with what is a really impressive uh, percentage of 488%. East Burwood just behind them on the same amount of points with 364%. Coldstream third, Mitchum fourth, another wanting fifth, and then it's a bit of a drop-off before we get to Fair Park and Rulebark. But every side there with a win. So that's uh, what we really love to see in um, in uh, in women's football, that every side being able to, to get a win and be competitive and uh, really good to see. So um, well done to Rulebark there. And... Looking at Division 4, we'll go through a couple of these results quite quickly, but uh, Vermont Gold uh, just cruising to another big win. 23 goals, 31. That is a ridiculous amount of scores there. 23-31, 169 to Bronia, no score. Holly Flanagan kicked six, Lindsay kicked three, Hartman two, Lynch two, Thorne two. You can go through all the single goal kicks if you want, but... That's a, a very dominant display and a side that has an incredible amount of depth. Yeah, that's probably as convincing a win we've seen this season, I think. Uh, like to the tune of 169 points, that's just absurd, isn't it? And you mentioned, you mentioned the, 13, the 13 goal kickers there on the day, but I think what's more remarkable is that, that only three didn't, didn't hit the scoreboard. <laughs> so, um, but Holly Flanagan there topping the charts with six. Um, kudos to her. Yeah, and that puts her on top of the Division Four uh, goal kickers, I believe, with 13. Um, I think she's played a bit of senior footy too. So it, it does really help a side like that when you have a lot of the players who have played in the ones or some of the players who have played in the ones can come in and just really perform um, to uh, above and beyond in this division. But uh, we keep going on in Eastern Devils, uh, a big win over the Basin, 7-11-53 to 3-3-21. This is the first time these teams have met this year. So there's a bit of a uh, bit of um, curiosity to see how they would match up against each other. But after what was probably a, a really quite a really tight first half um, and even probably three quarters of that game, the Devils were able to break through with uh, two, two goals in the last quarter to the Basin, uh, keeping the Basin scoreless to take the win there. Um, big win there for the Eastern Devils who now, put themselves back on top or, or second, uh, equal top with uh, Vermont. Yeah, it would have been probably alarm bells ringing for the for the Devils coach in that opening quarter. Like you said, the the Bears jumped the gun and had three goals to their name in, in the opener. But 
from there it was it was leveled back up at, at the main break as the Devils just wrestled back momentum and regained ascendancy and ended up um, running away with it in the end. Yep, and as we've the goal kickers there re kick three Arlov uh, Arlov I hope that's right uh, kick two Tupley kick one and rule kick one while the base in Boxell back in the uh, twos kick one Maganella and Campbell also with one each so. Quite an interesting result there, and I think both sides would probably be looking at their chances of playing finals. And the last game in Division 4 that we'll take a look at is a bit of an upset. The, the Wolves were able to get over the line over South Croydon, 4-3-27 to South Croydon, 3-7-25. A, quite an interesting game there with the Wolves getting away in that third quarter seemed to be the the premiership quarter seemed to be their, um, their biggest scoring quarter, and they fought back in the last quarter South Croydon, but a, a big win for the Wolves who would have gone into this as the uh, slight underdogs. Yeah, well, last time these two sides met, it was um, the narrative was was the other way around. So to be able to level up the scoreline and win a piece from a Wolves perspective, um, that's huge for them. And I think even just the two points separating the sides, like from an entertainment point of view that, this is probably the game of the round in, in Div Four, and um, yeah, the Wolves the Wolves come out winners on top. Yeah, they certainly do, and it, it puts them back in contention for finals. Quickly going over the ladder here: Vermont in front with seven wins, Eastern Devils in second with the six wins. Then you've got South Croydon, the Basin, both on four wins, and South Belgrave now put themselves into fifth with the three wins, and really puts them into uh, finals contention. For only six without a win yet. Uh, before we get on to the fixtures, we will be hearing from Mulbar coach Dominic Sianko. Uh, thanks to Josh Ward, who's done the interview. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Deakin University Female Footy Focus. On the line now, we have Mulbar senior women's coach Dominic Chancho. After the Mustang women's picked up their first ever victory on the weekend over Fair Park, Dom. Thank you for jumping on Female Footy Focus this week. You must be still pretty up and about a couple of days after the victory in what was your first victory, as I said before. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, stoked. Stoked for the girls. Um, they worked really, really hard um, to, uh, to get to this point. And it's uh, just as it's for, uh, for a great bunch of, uh, of women who uh, have taken up footy, some of them. Oh. Yeah, and, you know, the last couple of weeks you'd you'd made some some small improvements you know against Coldstream it, it was a, a much closer it was only 35 goals Mitchum it was well still 50 points but still much more improved compared to the start of the season did you feel like you know against Fair Park you stood a chance of getting the victory against well a side who was struggling so far this season as well yeah look I think um it, it's more about um, this year for us um, building momentum and working on um, the defensive parts of the game, um, and we've been working on that pretty pretty hard since uh, since midway uh, oh, through the start of the season, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I did feel that we were starting to to, to, to gel and come together. Um, you know. Like I said, you know, the first part of the focus was defence and then we'd attack from there. So we've been working pretty hard on that part of our game and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's come to fruition, obviously, on the weekend. 
um, we were able to sort of sustain for a longer period of time and um, and then impact the scoreboard late in the, in the last quarter. Yeah, that must have pleased you as well, you know, down by one straight kick at a three-quarter time, you managed to to kick two goals and not concede a single point in that final term as well as only concede the one behind in the second half in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the midfield worked tirelessly all day. Um, the defence worked tirelessly all day. We just really struggled to impact the scoreboard, obviously, the first uh, first three quarters, I suppose. But, um, yeah, no, I just felt like the girls really worked hard on their fitness as well. I just felt like we were starting to get a little bit on top there. Um, and then just right at the end, we uh, some of the girls that have been playing in the midfield look really tired and... We made the courageous decision to throw a couple of them up the front, and, uh, and they uh, ended up impacting the scoreboard. And yeah, who were those um those players that, that made a big impact on the day? Actually, oh well, our, our captain for the day, Joe Joe Boyd, was absolutely magnificent all day. Um, yeah, the midfield. I really hate singling out people, but our midfield were fantastic. Our, our defence were remarkable, led by uh, Carrot uh, Abby. Uh, she she stood up in, at fullback as well. Um, Chelsea, um, and then the two Jordans were magnificent all day. Young Lani uh, played a little bit of a ruck, and of course Tamara, who's uh, one of our uh, again mature-aged uh, players, uh, played a guts out in the, in the middle as well. So, and I'm sure I've missed a few, but um, you know they all they all you know, uh, impacted the game in one way, shape, or form. So it was fantastic, uh, fantastic by all of them. And you know, first year of the program, it, it you must have a couple of younger players in 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 the side as well. I haven't paid too much close attention to some of the younger players, but you know, have they made a lot of progress since the start of the season? Absolutely, absolutely, they have. Um, uh, one in particular, young young Jess, she's um, she's seventeen, um, has never picked up a footy before, and. Uh, she's at every uh, fitness session. She's at every training session uh, as much as she can doing uh, year BCE or year 12, whatever they call it these days. Um, she, she's an inspiration to, to all of her teammates uh, in particular. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, without sort of singling out too many of them um, or in particular, but, um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, I've got quite a really, really good mix of young and, and old. Young Lani as well, who, who came in and decided that she... Wanted to have a crack um, at, at senior footy as well, and um, she just goes so hard at it as well. So uh, yeah, no, I've got quite a few, um, you know, in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw as well. I have saw saw as well that you know you got you do have a good mixture of experience as well. How crucial have they been? You know, those experienced players to some of the younger girls this season. Oh, absolutely crucial. I mean, um, as soon as they run it to the ground, uh, I don't really have a lot of control over, you know, what they do. So to have those experienced players, uh, like, like as I mentioned before, Tam, Joe, um, and and Karen as well, and even Kerry who uh, who stepped in and helped us out from the from the vets, uh, it, it's crucial, um, you know, for structures. It's crucial for you know where to run to, where to go, because they they're all still learning the game. So. You know, I've been pretty lucky in, from that perspective. And, 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 you know, there's a couple of girls that weren't on the, uh, out there on the weekend, but, um, should also, you know, be, be nominated for the, the fact that, you know, we were able to 
been successful on the weekend and um, in, in, in Lauren and, um, and, and Kingy as well because uh, they've also contributed greatly to, to, this, to this win. So. Mm. And next week as well, you, you've got a winnable fixture against, well, a talented not a wedding side, but they're in their first year in the last couple of weeks that have had a, a couple of struggles. What's the mentality heading into this match? Do you think, you know, you can win this win this one? Because, well, before your last game, you got your highest score of 21 points against them. Do you reckon you, your team can can get the victory here? Look, we, we don't talk about, well, I don't talk about wins and losses uh, at, at the moment. What I talk about is um, what we can control and our processes and uh, our structures and, and that sort of sort of stuff. So, look, if we do the right things like we did on the weekend, um, you know, and we we work really hard to, to impact the, the ball um, and the play with the ball, then uh, we'll go pretty pretty close to winning it. But, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll control what we can control on the weekend, um, and that's how we play. Um, they're, they're, look, Nana Wadding's a, a good team. We played them earlier in the, in the, in the season. You know, they're inconsistent like, like us as well. Um, but they're, they're just starting out as well. So, um, you know, we, we respect the fact that, you know, they're doing similar stuff that, that we're doing. But, yeah, now we'll work on what we can control. And, look, the victory will take care of itself. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a great way to look at it as well. Well, thank you so much, Dom, for, for coming on Female Footy Focus this week. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you after the Mustang women's picked up their first victory. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season as well. Thanks, mate. And obviously, uh, I'd just like to thank uh, the players, uh, the officials and uh, and the committee for, uh, you know, allowing us to uh, to get out there and have a play uh, and the EFNL and yourself for, uh, you know, the footy focus. It's, um, it's fantastic to, to, you know, get uh, women's footy exposure out there as much as we can. So thank you. And thank you for the kind words as well. Back to you, mate. That was Moorbark's women's coach, Dominic Zianko, after Moorbark's first win in the league, which is a really impressive one for them. But we'll take a look now at next week's fixtures. It's a bit of a different week, a bit of a almost a mid-season buy. So only the two games uh, this weekend, the South Croydon Eastern Devils, both the Premier Division and uh, Division 4. So a bit of a different different uh, fixture this week. The rest of the games will follow the, on next Saturday. So we won't have a show next week. Um, so we're going to go over both both weekends of football, um, some really important games there. But we'll start this week at what's going to be the EFNL match of the day, the Deakin University match of the day between South Croydon and Eastern Devils at up out at Mullen Mum Reserve, Norwood's home ground at 10.40 a.m. So really big game there. It's actually the Indigenous week um, for South Croydon. So a, a really big day for them. Both sides are going to be wearing a special jumper, a special Indigenous design jumper um, to, to uh, commemorate Indigenous round, which is really important and glad to see the clubs get involved in this. Not sure if the Eastern Devils have uh, got a similar thing, but I've got here from the, the, you can check this out on the South Croydon website that they their jumper is designed by Kirby Bentley. So the Fremantle inaugural, inaugural AFLW team, she was there before moving to Carlton and she's become the first Indigenous female um, to, to coach a VFLW side, the Western Bulldogs, in, in 2022 um, before moving on to another club. But uh, a, a really great thing 
and I I won't say too much more there. You can you can check that out in the socials on the South Korean uh, Instagram, Facebook. It's all there, and we'll have later more details on that later during the week. So uh, a big initiative um, from South Croydon and, and Trent. It's 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 really good to see uh, local sides get um, so involved in um, something that's really important. Yeah, it is, and um, I'm glad they've introduced that to to celebrate and stuff. Um, did you say that was going to be the the match of the round? Did you? Ah, uh, yes, Next. yeah. So yeah, we're covering yeah. it at uh, ten forty on Saturday. Yeah, okay, because uh, I think in round five, that was also the, the match of the round. So um, I had the pleasure of calling that last time round and um, watched it unfold with, I think if South Croydon had, a, had an extra minute to play with, um, they had all the momentum. Oh, was and, that the South Croydon-Vermont one? Yes. Oh, Eastern Devils this week. Eastern Devils. Oh. oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about... Yeah, so it's, it is confusing because we've got then South Croydon will play Vermont the following week um, at Sheon Park. So just, yeah, just for those um, listening on, if you, you check your fixtures, it doesn't actually say the South Croydon Eastern Devils game. So it is quite confusing on the website. South Croydon this week will play Eastern Devils. So no other women's football, just the those uh, this game and the uh, Division 4 South Croydon Eastern Devils, the only women's football on this weekend. Um, if you aren't sure, um, because it is quite confusing on the website there. And I, I got tripped up on it as well earlier this day. But um, that is the, uh, the the match of the day and the only other game, obviously, the, the South Croydon Red versus Eastern, Eastern Devils Black um, will be on, I, I believe, after that at Mullum Mullum Reserve um, for the fourth division game, which is another big one there. But in terms of the actual match, it's a, it's a, it's a big one now that the Devils have, have lost a game um, we we pretty much looked at them as the the unbeatable side. Now that we've seen them, um, you know, seen the cracks in them, and seen how South Croydon dominant they can be against you know a side like the Wolves, can you can you see them losing two in a row, or is this probably a a good chance for the Devils to bounce back? Uh, I think I think they will bounce back, and and pretty convincingly they've they've shown they've shown why um, countless times why they why they're leading the the Premier Division ladder. And this weekend, what they won't be folded, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's hard to see losing two in a row. Such a a really professional side on and off the field. It's it, it's fantastic that we finally do get to see him um, playing the in the in the match of the day because they're a really talented side and it's it's great to have them with the Eastern Football League. And I'm sure they're pretty pretty excited to. To show what they can show what they can do, which you know they they certainly have in the first uh, nine weeks of football so far. But taking a look at next week's game, so, so sorry, next next week, the two weeks ahead, because we will not we won't be having a show next week. Um, so we will have a look at the fixtures again. This this is the one you're looking at, South Croydon Vermont. So South mm-hmm. Croydon again, they've got two two uh, two games in a row. Um, that's an interesting one, as you said, game of the round uh, earlier this season, and it was a really close game. Um, I think pretty much throughout the the whole time. And and you said, you know, if there's a, a few extra minutes, um, the dogs could have won. Do you, does that give them a bit of confidence going into the Vermont match? Yeah, I think, and it and it helps with the with the home ground advantage. I'll be I'll be tipping them um, for a bit of an upset. I think 
as I said, like before, with that they had all the momentum in that in that last quarter, and and the clock was the only thing that that beat them on that on that day. So I think they can change that storyline and and even up the ledger. That's certainly going to be an interesting thing to watch in their second half of the season, as they'll play a lot of games back at home now that Cheong Park is um, ready to be played at, um, with their renovations all done. So that's great for the club and um, should probably help out both the men's and women's side going into. Uh, what looks like a final series for both sides. Uh, the Eastern Devils will also take on the SBL Wolves at Mulgrave Reserve at 12.30 p.m. And looking at Premier B, the Basin t- will take on Mount Evelyn in a crossover game out at Batterham Reserve at 10.40 a.m. Probably looked at a side, if, if there's any side that can beat a uh, Premier A side, it might be the Bears, and they've got a good chance, but obviously Mount Evelyn, now that they're in good form for the last five, including a big win against Eastern Devils. They'll be hard to beat. Whitehorse also take on Ferntree Gully out at Springfield Park at 10.40 a.m. before the men's game. Uh, important one for, for Whitehorse to keep themselves um, up at the top of the ladder. And Donvale will take on Baronia at Donvale Reserve at 12.30 p.m. And an interesting one there to see if uh, the Hawks can probably keep up with those top three sides. They'll be looking to prove themselves against the best in Premier B. Yeah, those three, does, it, does any uh, strike your fancy as probably a, a real key one to watch? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be running my eye across that Don Val Bronia game. You've, you've almost taken the words right out of my mouth here. I was going to say that the, the Hawks have the chance to sort of prove themselves at, as, as contenders in that Premier B um, competition. I think Don Val ran out 20-odd point winners last time. The two sides met in round three, but... Um, yeah, we'll get to see where their improvement levels stand um, come set or fortnight time. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, they do have quite a few stars, Phillips and McCoon, Slater. They're some of the names off the, off the top of my head the Hawks have that uh, are really strong players. If they can probably have that, again, a, a sort of a, a similar thing to Fentry Gully. If those, you know, next, probably those second-tier players can just improve that little bit more, they probably can really pinch one of those wins against a Donvale or a White Horse. So that's a big game. And I'm I'm certainly also looking forward to the to the see how the basin go against Mount Evelyn. I would have tipped them a couple of weeks ago, but seeing how well Mount Evelyn have played in the last uh the last fortnight, it's hard to to go against them. As we look at Division One, North Ringwood will have the bye uh quite handy after their win against Chernside Park that they sit comfortably in the the top four now. Park Orchards will take on Blackburn at Dominey Reserve at 10.40 a.m. That's a big one there for the, the Sharks to continue their form as Beaconsfield take on Roville at Holm Park Reserve again at 10.40 a.m. While Ringwood and Churnside Park go head-to-head at Jubilee Park in what could be a, a really important one in uh, terms of the latter uh, positions at the end of the season. Out of the three games there, is there one that probably stands out as a as a highlight? Yeah, I think the the Beaconsfield Roville one probably jumps out at me the most. Obviously, both sides in contention in contention fighting for that that four. So, um, yeah, I think Beaconsfield with the home ground advantage, they have certainly have the ability to to hand Roville their their first loss. I think. Yeah, it certainly is a, a quite an advantage. The the size of Beaconsfield. Well, I haven't been able to to get out there this season, but it it is quite a big ground and um, a bit of a, a bit of a difference from playing at Roville. But 
as we said, they've pretty much done nothing wrong. Certainly the uh, the Ringwood Churnside Park one as well. You could almost say the loser might be out of the race to the finals. A win here would keep him in touch, especially if uh, Beaconsfield do slip up against Roeville. So important game there for for both uh, both sides' finals chances. Moving on to Division Two, East Ringwood and Oxis. I would say would be just about match of the round. We don't know what what the game will um, be picking there, but East Ringwood Knox at East Ringwood Reserve, both sides in incredible form. Knox got Knox. Uh, I think they've been quite comfortably last time, but that was mainly off the back of a, a really strong first half, and and the Roos have really responded since then and have won the last four. So big game there at East Ringwood. Surrey Park will take on Heathmont out at Surrey Park at 10.40 a.m., while Kilsyth are looking to reinvigorate their season um, against Montrose out at Pink's Reserve in a what looks to be a twilight game at 4.45 p.m. Is it is it hard to go past the um, the East Ringwood Knox one? Yeah, it is, but that but that whole round of fixed string looks, looks good viewing. I mean, as a Heathmont fan, I'm hoping they can get the job done over Surrey Park and that twilight fixture is always, always a good spectacle. But um, no, certainly the East Ringwood and Knox game. I mean, the the Roos, or it's, it's both sides. They're they're both the ladder leader, um, two sides in that Division Two comp. So hopefully, the from a Kangas perspective, if, if you're a fan of the Roos, they can draw closer on on Knox. And but this certainly it has a grand final preview. Um, potential written all over it. Putting you on the spot, would you would you be able to TV Stringwood, or is it too hard to to go against Knox, who really haven't done anything wrong all season? No, uh, it's genuinely you know, you probably lean towards Knox, but it's a flip of the coin, I think. Yeah, especially uh, with the home ground advantage to the Roos. Yeah, it's, it's certainly almost a, a similar side, a similar game to to what we just saw out at East Burwood. Um, this weekend gone. So a, a big chance there for East Ringwood to make a statement. And even if they don't win, just to be able to close that gap from the last time they played and should probably set up what would be a, a, a very interesting grand final if the two sides get there. Um, but as you said, all three games look quite interesting and I, I'm sure we'll get a few interesting results. Um, moving on to Division 3, East Burr would have the bye while Coldstream take on Fair Park. Um, down at Coldstream Reserve, a big chance for them to continue their winning streak now and uh, hopefully for Fair Park's sake that they can be quite competitive and maybe be able to push Coldstream for four quarters as uh, Murlbach coming off their first win could be 2-0. They played Nata Wanning back at home at Heights Reserve. That's a that's a big chance for them to win um, a second game in the row considering Nata Wadding's, um probably dropped in form a little bit while Mitchum coming off the bye take on Croydon Northside, who are in incredible form out at Walker Park. Is there one? Is there one game there to to really keep an eye on? Yeah, it's probably the the last one you just mentioned there, the Mitchum Croydon North matchup. Obviously, with the bye, Mitchum Mitchum coming fresh, and Croydon North they had a their hands full on on the weekend against East Burwood, as as we observed. Um, yeah, so I certainly. I think that one is probably the standout amongst the three, but you'd, you'd have to be tipping Croydon North in that one. Yeah, after what we saw, they 
what we're able to see on on the weekend of what they could do, especially up forward, um, how quick they were able to turn that on in that third quarter, kicking those five unanswered goals. Very impressive side. But um, Mitchum at home, they've been pretty good. They've improved as, as the season gone by week by week. So certainly one to watch out for. And finally, the fourth division, the Basin Green take on Vermont Gold coming off a 169-point win out at Batterham Reserve. That's a Friday night game, actually. So 7 p.m. Friday night, if you're in the area, you want to brave the cold, you can get out to, to Batterham Reserve um, out of the Basin for what could be a, a pretty interesting game there as uh, South Croydon Red will look to respond after a bit of a disappointing loss when they take on Verona Gold out at Cheon Park. So they've got the two games in a row. They've got the Eastern Devils this week, followed by Baronia in a fortnight's time, while the Eastern Devils will take on the Wolves at Mulgrave Reserve. Is there one there that probably looks to be a, a standout, including including the, the game this week, the South Croydon East Devils one? Yeah, true. Uh, it's probably is that that Friday night clash though between Vermont and, and the Basin. I've got a, I've, it, it. It probably presents itself as a bit of a danger game for for Vermont. I mean, under lights, it's probably a bit intimidating playing playing away as well. Um, they fell to them in in round five, so I think I think if they bring their their A game, the Basin could cause a bit of an upset. And and as we said, Vermont, they're well, they're they're top of the ladder, but they they could stumble. Yeah, certainly. And that's, you know, an interesting thing about those night games. They're, they're more lower scoring, usually looking at the probably the bulk of games that have been played on at night um, in local footy. So you never know. And that, that does make things a little more interesting. But as we said, Vermont have been incredible in both their, uh, both their premier sides and Division 4. They've been flying. But that's it for us tonight. And it's been... Uh, a bit of a different setup without um, our usual host, Josh Ward there, but he did a fantastic job um, with the Muralbach interview. It's been a really interesting uh, weekend um, in the women's uh, divisions and a couple really surprising results. But as always, really appreciate you joining me tonight, Trent Cullen. Uh, thanks, Ryan. I think Josh might struggle to to get his seat back in the, in the host chair. <laughs> You've done a good job, right? So thanks for that. <laughs> no, I think Josh Josh Ward could not be any more safer as host. <laughs> Old Scoops Ward there, so uh, I think he'll be very fine. But again, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight to all the listeners, and uh, we won't again just be just to clarify, we we aren't going to be. Uh, there will be no show next week, and then we'll be back the following week. But make sure to stay out, stay tuned for Saturday's game. Down at Mullum 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 Reserve, bit of a tongue twister there. Um, the South Korean take on the Eastern Devils in a really important Indigenous ground match. Um,